If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the second book of Kings, the Old Testament writing, Second Kings chapter 4, and I will read beginning with verse number 1 down through uh, verse number Seven. I told uh, Brother Kenneth six, but we're going to read down through verse seven. Second Kings chapter four. While you're turning there, thank you for being here. Remember tonight, come early for prayer. I want to see all of our church here early for a good season of prayer. And the word of the Lord reads: Now there, <clears throat> there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying. Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And now the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go Borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. And so she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, Go Sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children on the rest. And everybody said, Amen. I don't have a title, so we'll just work on it from here. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's about to preach to you. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For many people, I think most of us realize that we live in a success-driven world. If you go to any bookstore, you will find one of the larger sections nowadays consists of self-help. And a great majority of self-help books focus on the idea, the concept of success. And we view people uh, according to whether or not they have succeeded or not, and whether they are worthy or not, uh, whether they um, have merited what they have gained is often lost in the fact that they may have become wealthy or they may have achieved certain things in life because we put such a great uh, a weight upon the idea of success. But for many people, and perhaps some people here today, it is not success that consumes the mind, but survival. People 
trying to figure out how to just stay afloat. Surviving success would be a bonus. It would be a dividend. It would be a great blessing. But for many people, they're not even worried about succeeding. They just simply would settle for surviving. If I can just make it through what I am going through right now. If I can ward off the predators, if I can keep the creditors at bay, if I can stay my life for another day, if I can just live through this moment, if I can just make it through right now. We will worry about success tomorrow, but today my eyes are simply on survival, how I can make it through what is coming into my life. Life is likened often to a pressure cooker. A pressure cooker was one of my mother's favorite tools of the kitchen. Uh, and I, I don't really know all of the scientific uh, evidence or, or scientific uh, technology behind a pressure cooker, but what I do understand is that it would speed up the process of cooking. And so if my mother wanted to cook a pot of red beans, and they would typically take a long period of time of, of cooking on the stove under normal conditions, she would get out the pressure cooker and she would put the ingredients in, she would clamp the lid down, put it on the, the stove, and she would allow it to begin to do its work. And it would speed up. Uh, the the work of cooking I, and 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 basically it works off of the concept of compounding what is what it has to work with. Typically, when you cook, you just have a fire underneath a pot, and its heat is producing uh, the energy that is needed to raise the level of that food to boiling or bring it to a point of being cooked properly. But a pressure cooker takes more than just heat. It takes the steam that is rising off of the element that's being cooked. It takes all of that steam that's coming up out of that boiling pot and it pushes it back down into the pot. And the combination of those two things pressurize and they begin to do a work on those beans or that meat that speeds up the process of cooking so that you can cut down an eight-hour uh, cooking job to two or three hours. And sometimes in a matter of an hour, my mother could have something prepared for a family that would have taken normally a lot longer. And the question is, what, uh, what produced that? And it was a combination. It was not just heat but it was the, pre the steam that came up out uh, of the boiling uh, pot. And that's turned back into the pot. And the combination and the compounding of elements produces a speeding up process. And that's how life is. You know, if all we had to deal with is just one problem, most of us could deal with that. We, we could handle just one issue in life. If, if we just woke up in the morning and we only had one thing that we had to consider or one thing we had to talk about or one thing we had to weigh into the equation, most of us are capable of handling that. Most of us could deal with that. But that is not the life that we now live, the life that we now live is like a pressure cooker. 
there's a compounding of problems. It's not just one thing. It's a multitude of things. If, if it was one problem, we could jump up out of bed and gladly go and meet the day. But the reason a lot of people dread the morning and they pull the covers up over their head and they hit that sleep button one more time is because it's not just one problem that I've got to face today. It's a multitude of problems. And, and they're compounding one on another and the pressure builds and builds and builds and builds until literally times we feel like we are going to explode. There's problems on the job. There's pressures that are coming from the family. There's financial pressures. There's meeting bills. And, 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 and not just meeting bills, but subduing our own desires so we can learn to live within our means. And that's a hard thing to get people to do nowadays because it's too easy to whip out plastic and, and think, well, I'll be able to pay for that. And next thing you know, this one's mounted up and then this one's mounted up and another one. And we wake up in the morning and we feel that pressure upon us. It's not just one issue in the family. It's not just husband and wife that are bickering, but it's kids that are at odds with their parents. It's, it's issues that go on that are deep entrenched in a family that have been there for years. And, and then you throw in a, a boss that's just a, a jerk and you throw in neighbors that don't seem to care whether you live or not and you have other issues that crop up and then you've got to deal with Houston traffic. That in itself is enough to drive anybody out of their mind. I've never met any more lunatics in my life than on the freeways in Houston. Amen. All of that mounts up. The pressure of life just keeps building and building and building. It's not one thing, but it is a compounding of problems. One working against the other. One pressure building on another. And so is life for many people and perhaps somebody even here this morning. There are many today who are facing demanding situations and your hour that you live in calls for more than you have to give. That's, that's, a, that's a pressure-filled moment to know that there are more expectations of you than what you feel like you are capable of giving. That there are demands that are placed on you that are beyond the scope of your ability. That I, I don't know that I can deal with this, Brother Hughes. I, I don't know how to handle this. I, I, I don't know how to fix the problem that I'm facing today. There are some people here this morning that are facing situations and circumstances that are literally beyond your control. If your hand was on the thermostat, then you could regulate how things go up and down, but your hand isn't on the regulator. Somebody else. And sometimes it's somebody completely out of the scope of, uh, of your ability to influence. It's something else. It's a, it's a, it's a turn down of the economy. It's a, it's a company that decides to downsize. It, it's a, a, a marketplace that decides to turn inwardly and conserve. And so the stock market goes down and, and retirements begin to plummet. And all of those pressures begin to build. And, 
and I'm not making enough money and my family needs more and, and my wife is expecting more and my children want more and, and I even want more out of life than what I'm getting and the pressure just keeps on building. Amen. It just keeps on building. Here it is in our text. The picture of very much what some of us are going through right now is a picture of somebody that has seen better days. It is a widow and her sons. A widow, a woman who has lost her husband, who has lost her source of income, a woman who is now left to face life without that partner that she had been with for so many years and now she is alone and the pressure of her family is upon her and the responsibilities of motherhood are compounded with having to take the place of a missing father and then you add into that mix the creditors the creditors are coming now those that this man owed something to. He had never been able to pay it off. He had never been able to meet all the demands. And now they come down upon this widow and her son. The world that had once smiled upon her now has turned against her. And she is facing an unpromising future and the demands that are upon her are greater than her ability to deliver. All that she has in her house is one vessel of oil. That's it. That's not enough. There's no money in the bank and there's no one else to turn to and bad has gone to worse. It was okay when her husband was there. They could deal with those pressures. They always knew that there was going to be an income and, and, and they would be able to pay off that debt. But he's gone now. And so now she's dealing with the loss of a husband and now creditors are knocking at her door. Creditors are calling her. The credit bureau has gotten her number and they come again and again oh how it turns from bad to worse as if it wasn't enough that she had lost her husband now come the creditors and the creditors come calling today demanding debts that are owed and demands that we cannot meet sometimes and the pressure the pressure of life mounts the pressure of life builds. And some of you can feel that even right now when I'm talking to you. Some of you have gotten tense while I've been preaching already. And I didn't mean to make you tense. But just beginning to think about what's going on in your life and what you're facing. It just kind of makes your collar get tight. And, and, and your face, you start to perspire. And you feel, oh God, I, I, I really wish I could. I, I just wish that I could forget about that. That's why I came to church, preacher, to forget about that. Why? Why are you reminding me of that? I'm not trying to just remind you of it. I'm trying to show you that somebody else was there. Somebody else has been where you are. And God has a remedy for it. Amen. Can you listen to me this morning? God has a remedy for it. God has a remedy. When the demands are made that you can't meet and the pressure of life mounts and you're, a, you're at your wit's end. Anybody? There at your wit's end. You've just about lost. You, you, you feel like if one more string breaks. 
All it takes is just one more thing to go wrong and I'm going to go over the edge. You're at your wit's end and faith is ebbing. You don't, you don't feel real strong spiritually. You don't, you don't really feel like throwing your hands up and talking in tongues. You, you don't really feel like jumping up and running up to the front like Brother Jay tried to get some of you to do earlier and, and worship the Lord. You just, you know, Brother Hughes, it's going to take a whole lot more than that to move me because I don't feel like doing that. I, I don't feel that this morning. It's just not, I, I, I've got too much on my mind. I've got too many problems there are just too many things going on for me to worry about worshiping God right now and so a woman had a dilemma what are you going to do the creditors are knocking there's nothing she has there's no bank account to settle the issues with and, and so she wisely goes to the man of God you've got to know the right source to get the help you need in times like and some people are still going to the wrong place to get help. Amen. You're not going to find help at a bar. You're not going to find your help by just throwing everything away and just saying, you know what, forget this and go out and do your thing and have your little fling. You're not going to find your answers doing that. You're not going to find solutions to your problem by just sitting down at a counselor's desk or, worse than that, talking to somebody on Facebook about it. Letting everybody else weigh in. You know, a while back somebody told me they, about a person that was having some serious issues in their life. Some serious, serious issues. And this person was confiding in their friend. And after the friend had listened to this person for a while, he, the, the person finally said, well, why don't you go talk to your pastor? And the person's response was, oh, no, I would never do that. I would, I would never do that. How crazy can that be? Because God put a man in your life to be that help when you don't know what to do. Sometimes he's a lot more in tune to God than you give him credit for. And this woman was wise enough to know that when she got her back against the wall. The best person in my life is a man of God. Now I'm not preaching this morning to boast myself. You can hate me. You can love me. You have a choice you can make every day of your life. But you better listen to this preacher this morning. You better never discount the influence and the power that a preacher has in your life. He still stands between you and before you and God. And many times he is the only link that some people have that keep them in touch with God. And she was wise enough to go to the man of God. Amen. And when she got to the man of God, he asked her what she had in her house. And then he commanded her to go and get vessels. And he said, I want you to borrow not a few. I want you to get as many as you can get. I want you to go to as many places. I want you to exploit your connections. I, I, I want you to make sure that you don't leave anybody out. I want you to borrow not a few. 
And then when you get all of those vessels together, I want you to bring them into your house. And I want you to close that door. And I want you to get that vessel of oil that you have. And I want you to start pouring. And when one vessel is filled, then I want you to go to the next one. And I want you to go to the next one. And so the woman did as the man of God commanded her. They went out and they borrowed vessels. I don't know how many. I just know that they were commanded to not borrow a few. Don't cheat God out of wanting to bless you. Don't put a limit on what God wants to do in your life right now. Can I tell somebody here this morning that maybe God is wanting to blow some of your minds? Could I tell somebody here this morning that as bad as things look, God is about to turn something around in your life and if you would simply be willing to obey Him and do what He said, He's going to bring something into your life that's literally going to blow your mind. Borrow not a few. And so however many that was, she brought them all into the house and they were empty vessels. That's very important. God doesn't need any of us in it. He just said bring the emptiness. Bring the empty vessels and put them in the house. And so they bring them in and as long as there was a vessel to fill, there was oil that supplied the need. So long as there were vessels to be filled, the miraculous flow of oil continued. And it only ceased when there were no more jars to contain it. What that tells me about God is simply this, that God sets no boundary on His blessedness. God sets no limit on His bounty. He puts that in my hands. I'm the one that draws the line. I'm the one that puts a limit on what God can do. Nothing else constrains the flow of the oil but the want of vessels. Can I tell somebody here this morning that our powers of receiving will give out long before God's power of giving will ever stop can I tell you today that God has more than enough he has more than enough he has more than you can even imagine somebody ought to praise him right now with me come on lift up your hands to the Lord oh hallelujah 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Let's thank Him for His bounty. Let's thank Him for His, His magnanimous spirit. He is all-powerful. He isn't a chinching, cheating God. He isn't trying to cut back on anything. He is bountiful. He delights to exceed the requirement. Can you understand this preacher this morning when I tell you that God's power of giving will always outlast your ability to receive? Amen. Some of you need to really believe that and some of you don't, but you need to. Go sell, he said. Once you fill them all up, he said, I want you to go sell. And I love this. He said, I want you to pay your creditors. That would be enough, you know, if I could just pay off my creditors. If I could just get all that off my back, I could live. I could make it. You know, I figure out a way from this point on. You know what? That's what's so wrong with some of us. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to make it happen. 
And we're going to make it work in spite of whatever the preacher says, in spite of whatever the Word of God encourages. We're going to figure out a way. And God, if I could just get my bills paid, I, I think I could make it. But God's power to her was, I want to do more than just let you make it. I want to do more than just meet your demands. I, I want to do more than just pay your bills. I, I want to do something beyond that. I want you to be able to live beyond this crisis. I want you to be able to live beyond this trouble that you're facing right now. I want you to be able to lift your hand and say, Oh, the Lord is good. Uh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. God didn't just meet my need. Uh, he didn't just pay off the creditor for me but he gave me something extra to live on he gave me more than I could even imagine oh hallelujah hallelujah do you understand that God wants to do more than you survive this crisis God wants you to live some of you are just worried about surviving God said I want you to live I want you to enjoy life beyond all this I want to meet your need, but I want to exceed that. Some are just worried about surviving. And God said, I want to do more than just help you survive. I'm going to help you live. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to help you live. It's been so long since some of us have really lived. We're surviving. We just make it from week to week. We deal with our problems. We deal with our husband or our wife and we get through this week and then next week we deal with it again. I'm preaching right now. I'm not meddling. I'm preaching right now. We're just surviving. We're just, we're just making it from one day to the next. And we're thinking, God, if I can just get through today, that's all I'm asking. Just God, give me grace for today. God said, hey, I want to change the dynamics of your life for a moment. I, I want to change the way you live. I, I want to change your concept of life. I want to change the way you even get up in the morning. I, I don't want you getting up saying, oh God, just, uh, just help me make it through this today. God said, I, I want you to get, I want to take care of the creditors. I, I'm going to get that off your back and then I'm going to give an extra blessing. I'm going to give you more than that. I'm going to put enough in that vessel. I'm going to, ha- there's going to be enough left over that when you paid all the creditors, you're going to be able to live. Some of you are going to be able to smile again. You're going to be able to lift up your hand. Some of you really are going to be able to dance again. It's been so long since some of you have danced before the Lord because the creditors been on your back because problems have weighed you down and all you're thinking is if I can just get that off if I can just get that off and God said hey I want to do more than just get it off your back I want to get you up on your feet I want to get you back down to the altar I want to get you back to that rejoicing place I want to get you back to that singing place I want to get you back to that shouting place because of my abundance in your life Oh, somebody ought to wake up and realize what God is trying to do in your life today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. You know what I'd like to have? I'd like to have one of those breakout services where when people walk through the back doors, it just exploded because they're living, not surviving. They're not just trying to, oh, brother, brother, yes. oh, I, I, I didn't know, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it tonight. Oh, brother, oh, brother, brother, oh, oh, brother, use, I'm here. 
I made it. Oh, you know what I want to see? I want to see some of you come through these back doors. I want to see them fly open. I want to see somebody come in dancing, worshiping, loving God. Not because the creditor's been paid, but because God has given something extra to you. He has given something more in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that I've scared half of you out of your mind, that's what God's wanting to do. He's wanting to get you off of that survival list. He's wanting to get you past that survival mentality. Some of you have a survival mentality. My mom and dad grew up in the Depression. Anybody here remember that? There's a few. My dad said, Son, I remember. I remember when water gravy and a hard biscuit was that was the day's meal that really affected my dad as a matter of fact nobody that lived through the depression ever forgot the depression the long lines the soup kitchen it affected them here too and so My mom and dad were always very conservative. Very conservative because it affected their life in such a powerful way. That's not a foolish way to live. Please don't misunderstand me. But then along came the next generation that had a little more. They didn't have to go through all of those issues. And now my mom and dad... All of their life, they worked to provide for their family. My dad had no retirement. When my dad died, we barely had enough to pay for his funeral. There was no inheritance to split up among the children. Nowadays, people think about dying. If they don't feel like they've got something to leave their kids, they feel like they failed. But my dad and my mother came up in a time when surviving was the way of life. So it affected. If they could provide, that was sufficient, and they did. But then along came a generation where survival was not necessarily their way of life, and so they started putting back and making investments, and they didn't have the demands, and the economy wasn't quite like it had been, and so they prospered, and and people began to have things they never had before. You know what? I never went on a vacation to Disneyland when I was a child. Never. Matter of fact, my vacation as a child was usually leaving Wichita Falls, driving to East Texas to my grandparents' place. That was vacation. I never went to Cabo. I didn't even know what a Cabo was. Never been to Europe. I knew there was a Europe because I read about it in school, but I'd never been there. 
But I've lived in a day when I've been able to go to some of those places. Some of you have gone Alaska and cruises and things because life has changed and there's more. That's not a bad way to live. It's great when you can enjoy those things. My point is that spiritually, a lot of times, we get in that depression mindset. And if we can just live through today, if we can just deal with our problems this morning, then, then tomorrow we'll take it up again. But can any of you imagine life beyond a depression? Spiritually. And there is a life beyond depression. Spiritually. There is a life beyond that God said, I want to give somebody. I want you to pay the creditors. I want to get that monkey off your back. But I want to bring enough blessing into your life that you can start to live. That you can start enjoying living. Now listen to me. Enjoying living doesn't mean that you have money in your bank account. Because there's millionaires this morning that are miserable drunks. Alcoholics, womanizers, druggers. They've got millions and millions, but they're unhappy. Happiness is not what you have. It's in what you know, and it's in who you know you are. And when this woman realized that she was no longer a pawn of the creditors, and there was more left over, can you imagine what she must have thought when the prophet said, now I want you to go sell this is a prophetic word. He said, I want you to go sell the oil and pay your debt and whatever is left over, I want you to live on it. Can you imagine what must have gone through her mind when she thought, what do you mean left over? What, what, what are you talking about excess? You, you mean there's going to be something left over after this is all over with? God said, oh, yes. You know, if you'll just let me do what I'm good at and you'll just believe me and get enough vessels in the house. Oh, that's really the key is getting enough vessels in the house, believing that God really does want to help you, believing that God really does want to restore you, believing that God really does want to put you back where you belong, believing that God does want to help me, that He does want to better me. That's what the tale is. It's about how many vessels you want to get in that house because He said when you get through filling those vessels, you go and sell what you have. And then live on what's left over. And I have a feeling there was enough to live on that took care of her the rest of her life. Because that's the way God works. Oh, I've got some more I thought I might preach, but I'm not going to do it. God's wanting to get some people out of survival mode this morning. God's wanting to get some of you out of the survival mentality. This depression living, this just getting by, just making ends meet. And, 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 and I don't mean just financially. That's, that, that's the least of our concern. There's, there's some spiritual matters where, you know, some people are just making it. They just make it from one week to the next. And if by chance they miss a week of church, they, they're, they're, they're knocked back three months. And it's like, oh, God, I'm so far away from you. God said, I want to help fix that. I want to get you out of survival living. I want to get you out of, of that depression mindset. I want, to, I want to bless you in a way and in a measure that will literally blow your mind. Is anybody here ready for that kind of miracle in your life? Is there anybody here hungry for that kind of miracle in your life? Is there anybody here that's willing to start gathering the vessels? <laughs> 
Oh, God, I'm, I'm, anybody here start that, that's willing to start obeying the Word of God? Anybody here that's willing to start doing what the Word said? Go get every vessel you can get. Uh, what are you doing, really? I'm, I'm gathering vessels. Why? Because God's about to do something in my life that's going to blow my mind. Hallelujah. I want to make sure I have enough. I don't want to shortchange God. I don't want to put a limit on what God can do. I don't want to draw a line too soon. I want God to give me everything He has planned to give me. Let's stand together right now.